Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. I have made a coaching decision and I have pulled the goalie for an extra attacker because we need help, we need the points, we're in a tight playoff race. So coming on as the fourth is Kishore Hari. First of all, there is no way you pulled the goalie. I'm sure somebody threw the puck over the glass. And for some reason, I'm almost uh, sure that it was Ben Sherratt. Um, and he's somehow in the penalty box, and that's why it's a four on three. But <laughs> Either way, we need the points, damn it. We gotta get in. We need the know. help. Forget the points. We just need help. <laughs> this is this is also very true. <laughs> I I think this might be a a bad week for me to come on because I'm usually on the vibe train with all of you, where this league makes a lot of mistakes uh, and the 200 hockey men uh, do the things. Uh, but I'm actually like, hey, this has not been a bad couple weeks for the NHL. <laughs> Don't, don't say that. I can't say it too loud. I don't want them to, because uh, all of a sudden, like, the ghost of Joel Quenville will sign oh. immediately with a team if I say that too. But generally speaking, this has been a good couple weeks. I mean, they're all at their cottages now, so you're probably right. We're probably safe this now, week and this week that, only. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anything comes down tomorrow, I am blaming all of you. Well, it is you, all your fault. I said nothing. It's all you. Good God, Cassie. We're we're men. You can blame us for everything anyway, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Exactly. Um, I, I try not to do that too much. I don't like making men cry. We only, we only do it in silence. Um, <laughs> yes, we have not we have not discussed the boy auction. As I love the the broadcast, I love that podcast. By the way, the the broadcast. If you haven't listened, they're uh, largely Vancouver based, but they are hysterical, and they just decided to call the draft the boy auction. And I am never going to not call it the boy auction again. Saw that. And uh, boy, poor Shane, right? Eh. Yeah. What are you awful. talking about? Now he doesn't have to be subjected to the Montreal media, and he gets to live in Seattle. I think that's a win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no state income tax. <laughs> um, good God. It, it, it was Seth Jones, Nathan McKinnon all over again, right? Seth Jones just kept falling and falling, and I'm like, okay, what happened? Why is he now in Nashville's lap, and why did that just help Nashville exponentially, even though they turned around and screwed it up. I don't think Seattle's going to turn around and screw this up because they got the guy who is, you know, the, the second coming of Patrice Berger on trademark pending um, to play behind Matty Beneers is going to be their first line center. So now you've got the guy who's going to put up all of the flash and the points and then the guy behind him is going to put up the points and be defensively sound. They just let, they just set Seattle up in the center position for at least five years. Just mind-boggling. Because he was not properly, um, if rumor is true, but then a lot of these guys weren't in the first round. They were, they were very much very confident and open about, you know, being happy to be taken in the first round and, and all of this stuff. You know, some people were, like, wearing flashy clothes, and it's like, I'm watching or I'm watching Twitter while this is going on thinking this has got to be affecting like 
you know, where they're getting picked in the draft, right? <laughs> a bunch of hockey men who are like, oh, no, you're too flashy. You're too much of a, of a uh, um, you know, you want too much attention, and, and we just can't deal with that, and, you know, not properly submissive and, uh, you know, whatever hockey men think hockey boys should be, I guess. Genuflecting. Um, I don't know if he was arrogant or confident or, or what in the interviews. You know, just the rumor is is that they had poor attitudes, and some of the speculation is he didn't want to play in Europe because he didn't want to risk getting COVID. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think what we're seeing on display is the hockey men part of the scouting world where hey that guy didn't play enough so i don't know what to think about him and so the kids that played more we saw drafted earlier and i do think we we got a little hockey brain about it now i don't think we're gonna like look back and be like how could shane wright have gone for like i, I don't feel that way about most drafts because we can always look at Red Wings drafts going back to the, you know, late 90s and and recognize that drafts are uh, a lottery. They're a game of roulette in a lot of ways. Uh, but I, I'm just happy for Shane Wright because the Montreal media would have been so rough on that kid as a first rounder, uh, as a good Canadian boy, but he wasn't the right part of Canada Canadian boy. Uh, so... <laughs> They would have eaten him alive for like four years. And so I'm actually just happy for him. Yeah. And even if he didn't death stare the, the Montreal like crew, that story was good for the NHL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, sure he didn't. <laughs> I just love that picture of him shaking Batman's hand. It's just, I don't know. That's, you know, moment in time, who knows what he was thinking, but he's, but the, the picture of him on stage shaking Batman's hand, and he's got that kind of, intense Clint Eastwood type look in on his face. Um, it's that it's a uh-huh. See where I'm going? You're going to regret that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it sort of reminds me a little bit um you know the cock he didn't say it. You know, Shane Wright didn't come out and you know and and play it up like oh Philip Zadina did, you know. Everyone that passed on me, I'm going to fill the net against him and Okay, Philip, I'm still hopeful you're going to turn your career into something like that. But, you know, back, uh, Shane Wright is, I'm happy he's in Seattle. I really am. I am. Uh, it was absolutely, I'm still just absolutely gobsmacked he fell that far, but I'm very happy he did because a lot of the people I know in the Seattle area were like, God, it'd be ideal if we could have him, you know, because then he could be our number two behind, you know, Matty Beneers, who is, clearly going to be pushed as the number one center and bada boom bada bing here it is and now shane gets to live up here and you know ah uh, now i have to deal with the montreal press because sure you're 100 correct <laughs> it's just it it was really enjoyable watching the montreal crowd process the news of the draft pick in real time uh, as their cheers, as their like booze went to cheers. Uh, and then when they like saw, heard the interviews, um, you know, start to be like, yeah, we made the right pick. And then just the trade announcement part, I, I would just, 
it was it was no perfect. Um, my other big winner for the draft is, hey, uh, I I don't always say great things about U.S. USA hockey, but hey, we actually have some kids with some personality yep. uh, that got to be on display. <laughs> they look like they enjoyed being there, and I was like, wow, that's a new thing. Do we are we allowed to do this? Um, actually, uh, show some joy at the draft from the boys. That was fantastic. Like Nazar and uh, and McGrordy and like all these kids that are like they're like just happy to be drafted. I was like, hey, Maverick, Maverick Lamaru's parents. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic day, and the, I am uh, that. Thank you for bringing that up because that was another one of the things I wanted to talk about. Was um, I mean even Slikovsky. Um, your Slikovsky is just, you know, all of, all of the, all of the like Slovakian boys were so adorable. Like after they were all drafted and they were just so happy and they were hugging each other and they were getting pictures taken together and they're just like Slovakian hockey really needed this. And, and they were just so, I mean, they were like practically crying. They were so happy. It was so cute. And the U S program to your point, Kishore, it's nice to see that a national hockey program hasn't beaten the personality and joy of the game out of its players by the time they get to the boy auction. You know, they, they've, they've not been beaten into that confined box of don't, you know, don't make waves, don't say anything, be proud, be excited, you know. Private. Um, you know. Don't raise your stick when you score. Yeah, I'm. I'm also glad they didn't have like coach lines. So like Logan Cooley didn't get up there and be like, "I'm really excited about the Phoenix Art District and ASU is an <laughs> incredible campus." Like we didn't hear any of that. Like we just. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if he got free tuition as part of his entry level deal. He's just basically like, "I mean, I like warm weather." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a, that's an honest answer, dude." <laughs> You're gonna have it year round, big guy. Although you'll probably leave in the summer like everyone else who's smart does. But did Isaac Howard know he's going to be drafted by the Lightning? Is that why he went with the white suit? That man had style. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. The, the brown and the belt was my only... The buckle, it is what it is, but the belt was a bit off. Uh, yeah, he has more style in his pinky than I do whatsoever. You won't hit home runs if you don't swing for the fences, Pat. You won't score goals if you don't take the shots. He took the well, shot. I, he still scored. I'm a double and triple person. Well, Pat, <laughs> you're taking your shot to be on uh, Sarah Sivian's like, uh, <laughs> uh, guest like fashion blog with this. Uh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know, I really want the conspiracy of like Julian Breezebaugh tampering so much that he like arranged Isaac Howard to wear that outfit. <laughs> that would be next level. Like most conspiracies, I, I, I can't stomach because of how um, stupid most front offices are. Uh, but that that one I want to buy into. And if anyone is is engineering con uh, some grand conspiracy in the NHL, it's got to be Julian Breezewell. Mm -hmm. well, no, in, in fairness or no, to or, him. Or Steve Eiserman. Uh, 
Steve Eiserman doesn't conspire. He just stares and his <laughs> eyes are threatening. I think those are two separate things. Mm. But in fairness, I mean, how many teams wear blue and white, you know? He, oh, he had, what, a 50-50 <laughs> odds? No, we aren't here to talk about the Toronto. So he could have um, just switched jacket color and shirt color, just inverted them. And lightning wings. On the <laughs> yeah, did, did his mom happen to carry a red turtleneck well, as what was, well? What color was the lining of his coat? Because he could have just been a reversible. When will the day come where someone just wears a a jacket and a regular pair of pants instead of the full suit? Clearly won't be a a Coyotes draft pick, but. I'm waiting for somebody to go up there and be drafted in flip flops. We know that hockey players wear flip flops 99% of the time. I mean, why not just be drafted in them? It gets you out of the dressing room that much faster when you don't have to put shoes back on. I'm not arguing with the choice. I'm just saying, like, that's the the draft gear. Why don't they just do the draft at the beach? Because then it'd have to be, like, in California or Florida and, you know. There's not Montreal. There's <laughs> then we'll have to put up with all the journalists being like, it's too hot here. Like what I learned from the draft was like, hey, there are some kids with personality and that hockey journalists were desperate to have a nice dinner with each other. Those are the two <laughs> things I learned from the draft. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, had- was, it was the Professional Hockey Writers Association convention. Oh, and there's the boy auction going on down the road. <laughs> Boy, the on the uh, the enclave. Yeah, they they needed their they needed their stone cutters meeting really badly, didn't they? And they're really going to be complaining next year dealing with the heat and humidity in Nashville. I mean, it's just going to be terrible for our, all parties involved. Oh dear God, Tootsie. including those of us who have to pay or choose to pay attention. <sighs> dear God, I would not want to be in Nashville when that. Uh, that's almost as bad as like you know the circa 1970s Led Zeppelin tour rolling into town, the the rampant destruction and alcoholism going to be on display in Nashville next year is going to be insane. As opposed to whatever is happening there this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's just okay. that's just like a Tuesday in Nashville. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, so it's a day ending and why? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we're supposed to save the questions for the end, but. Eh. No. What about what about always holding the draft in the town that has the number one draft pick? Because it adds a little juice to things for like the local crowd. But there. then it would be in Chicago or Edmonton like every other year. Cassie. <laughs> Cassie. Yes. I'm, I'm about ready to turn my damn camera on, Cassie. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. We we've talked about how the draft lottery isn't rigged. Well, they're about to start. You know, it's well, Kyle, Kyle Davidson has definitely put in for the the rigging oh, request. Dear God, they have. I I want nothing more than that franchise to spend another fifty years in the wilderness by by tanking so hard, you know, burn it down for Bedard and ending up like Buffalo, <laughs> who just or or could I counter another theory? Oh, sure. Why not? This is hockey, so this is a bit of a whitewash. 
Get rid of <laughs> any player in the organization ever associated with uh, one Stan Bowman. Just clear, clean the decks. And apparently this, that includes Scotty Bowman, too. Before he left his own volition. He, 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 before he, he might got be implicated going, in anything. <laughs> he might be going to another franchise that he's familiar with. You do your own research. Yeah, he's going back to watching games in Tampa because he'd never moved from Tampa. His his job was literally just stay in Tampa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, I wouldn't mind if they cleaned house of everyone that was involved with Scotty Bowman, and I will include the ownership as part of that. Um, yeah, burn it down for Bedard is not going to work well for them. Yeah, I mean, what is their actual percentage chance? Twenty five percent. Is that what it is? With the new pools? Yeah, with the new yeah. pools, I think it's like 24. And that's if they've finished dead last. Knowing they're like, they're going to probably finish like 10th or to the bottom, you know? <laughs> yes, please. Second. <laughs> I, I actually want to see them, you know, finish bottom of the league and their ping pong ball literally bounce off right before it gets sucked up. So we get like another one of those New York Rangers ping pong games. <laughs> situations oh, that it's would not enough for them to lose the draft you need them to lose it in a very dramatic way yeah it needs to so how, how about they forget to put in how they forget to put in all the uh all the balls for them just like you know do half no, i they they should get the maximum number of balls and kishore scenario should come up and they should fall the maximum number of positions allowable now and end up punting that pick and spend 50 years in the wilderness being the pre-Bill Wirtz death Blackhawks again. But only only if they sign both Taves and Kane to like absurdly long extensions. I that like they have to retire before the extension ends and, you know, they're just stuck with that on the books forever. So they can get another cap recapture penalty, oh, which is yes. which is fantastic this week too. Oh. I, I actually think they're doing it. I, like I think the Blackhawks are doing it right, given what that the failures that organization has plainly put on display um, over the last ten years. Burn it down sounds pretty good to me, and uh, I actually think like selling off every single player to force Kane and Tays to accept a trade to anywhere. That sounds great. I think that's what that organization needs. Like everyone associated needs to be drummed out of that organization and start anew. Now I know we're not going to get that with the owners, but. I was going to say, except for Seth Jones, because who's taking that contract? Oh, wait, we're talking about hockey men. Uh, Thank you, Pat. Yeah, there's always someone. There's a sucker born every minute, and 200 of them end up with jobs in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll be gone in two years. For as bad as that contract is, at least Seth Jones can say, hey, I wasn't here during, like, the the nonsense. Yeah. That Kane and Taze cannot say that. Which is why I think he would probably end up staying, maybe not of his own choice, but... Yeah, I think I, I do subscribe to the whole, you know, not even qualifying Strom was like, what are you doing? And then you start thinking, what are you doing is 
you're like, okay, we're not doing this. He's he's going to walk to free agency. Hey, you guys want to trade now? You still want to stay here, huh? Okay. Um, we're getting ready to bring Cat. You guys want to trade now? No? Okay. Uh, you know, at, at what point are you guys going to want out of here? You know, here's Peter Morazic as your starting goaltender. You ready? Yeah? Now you want out? Yeah, it's it's. I kind of subscribe to that whole we want you gone type thing because you're boat anchors to, you know, the peer pressure from the past type thing. I just... <sighs> can't support that franchise even even if they're trying to do that just ugh, give me the squeegees let them let them wander in the wilderness lost for another 50 years till generationally those people had anything to do with any of that crap or are way long gone they should be they should be the new chicago cubs You know, they took them 100, what, 101 years to actually win a championship. No, I want that to be Toronto. <laughs> oh, all right. It's got well, to be Toronto. It's got to be Toronto. Can we just have a franchise swap, please, and just move that team and those players out and give them the Blackhawks and then Chicago completely rebrands with new ownership? Everyone wins. Are you trying to give Kyle Dubas like $50, $30 million in cap space? I think that's what yes. you're trying to do. Yes. <laughs> because here's, here's why. I want to see him succeed just to shut everyone in Toronto up. Well, how many now, Leafs fans, Leafs fans become more abusive the better the team plays. How many more? Is it Leafs fans? Because It's fans. I don't. It's the fans, not so much the fans of a certain better. generation. Uh-uh. Fans, fans of a certain generation. The the media becomes more obnoxious, but the fans become more abusive. Your you see your your misconception here, Pat, is that the media aren't fans. Ah, uh, you, you know, good point. Good point. You know, objective as they try to play themselves. <laughs> oh, that's what they're trying to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> and to give Kyle Dubas 30 more million in cap space, you have to ask yourself how many more Sue Greyhound players are available to be signed? <laughs> don't, don't. You know how toxic it, it the that fan base is? is oh. I found myself being like, that that's a fine signing the other day and i was like wait what are you what are you doing like then my brain kicked in and i was like that no <laughs> it's not a good signing yeah. uh but i i do think there is something to these to the fan bases in canada contributing to the stanley cup drought that should not be overlooked let's put it this way what's been the question of the week Pat. Oh, why Columbus? So Johnny Goodrow told you exactly why Columbus in, in his in his Homer driving the golf cart over the bridge and flipping the match on the bridge to light it on fire. We made the decision not to be here anymore, you know, paraphrasing, but, you know, we wanted to go east. OK, well, New Jersey's east. That's where you're from. No, I'm not playing for the Devils. I don't want to deal with that team. Well, then Philly. I don't, I'm not playing for the Flyers. I don't want to deal with that team or that press, ostensibly. 
So what's left? Columbus. Hey, great hockey market. Competitive team. I don't have to deal with the fanaticism of Calgary. You know what? Not a bad town either. No. Columbus is fantastic. It's a fantastic town. Cincinnati gets a bad rap as it is deserved, but Columbus is night and day from the cleave, too. <laughs> no, I he told you why. <laughs> no, it's it's actually worse than that. It's the fan base dictating to the general managers as to how the and the general managers actually taking it and doing what the, they think the fans want in order to put a team on the ice that they think the fans are going to enjoy. So it's not it's a it's it's not doing it from a business sense point of view. It's trying to appease the rabid crowd. So <laughs> of which the press except in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Who? Except in Chicago. Who? Yeah, see. I think Cassidy's just relegated the Blackhawks to yeah. another team. <laughs> Let's, you know what? Let's call let us call up the Rockford Ice Hogs and send down the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's have relegation. Only, let's let's leave everybody let's leave everybody where they're at. So let's not move the Ice Hogs. Let's just leave them where they're at. Well, yeah, so they don't have to be tainted by Chicago. No, and they'd still play in a bigger arena than Coyotes next year. Um, to, again, to 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 both yours, Cassie's and Kishore's points about the whole, you know, outside pressure resulting in internal changes. Yessi Pugliarvi is getting run out of Edmonton. Why? His play his on, name's his, hard to say. His, his play on the ice didn't dictate him getting run out of town. He had a bad playoff run, and let me check. I only flipped through the, oh, the last time that there was a winger had a bad, bad playoff run and got eviscerated in the press and by the fans who was run out of town was uh, Jordan Eberle. And how well did that work out? So they're going to do the same thing to Yessi. He's going to go somewhere else. He's going to play the exact same way he played all regular season, and he's not going to have the bad puck luck in the, in the subsequent playoff run, and then it's going to be we never should have gotten rid of him. No kidding. But let's not talk about the five head coaches he's had, or four head coaches he's had in four seasons. And four full seasons. And them not wanting him, and then wanting him, and then him having Mm -hmm. to have double hip surgery. Mm -hmm. And come on. You know? The insane thing is, he's the exact right player that they need because they are in really shaping up well. Yeah. Uh, and their issues the last couple of years were largely, I mean, outside of the Mike Smith experience, which is an experience, um, was depth at Ford. And he's a great depth forward. Like, he, Orchak, he has positive defensive impact. And he, he has positive... Score. No, he does, but... He just, it's, you're not getting the volume from him that I think people expect, expect. when you're, when you're you. standing, yeah, when you're standing It's again, it's again what I was saying. It's the fans dictating to the yeah. GM how the yeah. team should be run. Yeah. 
It's not and, the GM dictating to the fans how the team is going to be run. It's the GM going, oh, let's appease the fans and do what they want us to do to have a team that they that we think they want us to have. And yeah, how well does that work out? Like, not at all. Never. Never. You know, and what did Edmonton need when McDavid first got there? Jordan Eberle, what did they do with him? Send him away. <laughs> because the so fans didn't like him. Because he had one play the, playoff run. So here's the real question. In a little over 25 minutes, it's the deadline for RFAs to file for arbitration. He's expected to file. Do the Oilers just walk away from him? They go to the hearing, they they trash him, and then whatever happens, can they just walk away from this player? Or are they going to accept the arbitration they? deal. That's the bigger question. Yeah. He's will he be awarded a big enough contract on a one or two year deal to just walk away? Well, if what is out there is true, there's and and I gotta wonder if if the whole um Strom situation didn't didn't screw up whatever trade market there was for him. Because everyone knew that that they weren't going to qualify Strom, so he was going to be a free agent. So why am I going to bother to give you assets when I can just go sign him in a couple of days? And I don't I'm know. Wondering... Shouldn't you be asking that to the Philadelphia Flyers and their newly acquired <laughs> defenseman? Future considerations. Who? Chuck Fletcher's an idiot. Just future considerations are the funnest thing in hockey, aren't they? Because then you never hear what those future considerations ever end up being. It's just at the trade, it's oh, we traded him for future considerations. And it used to be years ago that they would say, like down the road, oh, it ended up being cash, or oh, it ended up being a draft pick, or it ended up being, you know, a prospect or something. You don't hear anything about that now. And so or it could be a one dollar bill. Now, what I was never sure about in the Chris Draper trade to Detroit. Was that one dollar U.S. or Canadian? Oh God, Pat, I love you for remembering that. <laughs> Do you think they buried the loony under the ice, like during a game? Be like, you can just dig it out, Winnipeg. <laughs> yep. Oh God, I love you for. Think that'd be a question that Iserman would actually answer? No. <laughs> you want to talk about somebody being a little pissy? I think Iserman was a little pissy with our girl uh, Emily Kaplan. Uh, too. No, I, I, I think his I, answer was awesome. <laughs> I just want I just want a media person in a low stakes environment to fire to do the pissy thing to somebody again. <laughs> God, that was still that's still one of my favorite moments. Being pissy? No, I'm really not. <laughs> I did. I answered your question. You didn't like my answer. I'm not pissy. <laughs> no, I. Uh, God, I loved Emily's question. So how far, where are you at in your rebuild? Well, it's my third year on the job, so I guess we're three years in. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, Thanks, Steve. Thanks thanks for your answer. <laughs> good old future considerations. Don Waddell, steely-eyed missile man. I, wow. I know we give Eric a lot of credit for a lot of deals that Carolina makes. I think this, the Pacioretty one was a Don Waddell special where he got a phone call and was like, what if we give you him for literally nothing? And you're like, what about Eric? 
add in Eric, Dylan Kine too. Yeah, okay. Eric sets <laughs> sets the recipe and the ingredients list, and and Don brings it home. It's just. And we'll give you a defensive prospect. It kind of fits into your guys' system and structure. And we just need the cap space, so here, take him. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's like someone, it's like someone sitting outside a grocery store with a with a box of puppies, saying, "We can't afford to keep them. Just take it, please." Yeah. <laughs> and I know we have rightfully crucified uh, Ron Francis for the way he handled the expansion draft, but this is exactly why he did what he did. It's not to end up in this, you know. When you've got an owner that's basically said, I want a cup and I want a cup now, do everything. Well, he he, he said that at first and then he got that little taste of quote-unquote success basically they got a ticket on the ride and they just happened to go to the finals now he wants the thing way too fast and uh yeah what's going to happen when i don't know riley smith and marcia so get hurt this year who's going to fill in Oof. wait 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 men wanting something too fast hey oh, hey, I'm hey, sorry. hey 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 <laughs> hey i couldn't resist you just right there for me <laughs> i know i knew exactly what i was doing okay i like how jack eichel forced his way out of buffalo and i actually don't blame him and now is in new buffalo um because of what they've done <laughs> oh thank you okay <laughs> let me let, let me float an idea gm gm will will i i think he's not long for the day-to-day work anymore he's president McCrim- yeah. McCrimmon is on the hot seat. Is it time to get Tim Murray back in the big chair? Do you bring so, bring him to Vegas? So absolutely not. And my uh, reasoning is McCrimmon is crazy. And we need a little like a GM that's crazy because I mean, you just look at the NBA and they're just like Oh, uh, the number three star in the entire league. Yeah, we'll trade him, you know, on a random Tuesday afternoon. We need somebody like McCrimmon that's going to make wild trades that don't make sense. So we have things to watch and enjoy from afar. We need the chaos agent. We do. So the that's why I chaos. want him to stay. We need another team to pick up on the chaos. And that's just not happening right now. Oh, so McCrimmon, because he's in the network. He just has to go to another team. Let's say, oh, I don't know, the Chicago Hockey Club. Because <laughs> when everything stops working, because tanking just doesn't work, even if you get one great player. Um, but Tim Murray just feels like a pit boss, and so the mentality in in, in Vegas, it just it just it feels like a fit. Oh dear God. Jonathan Marcheseau to Chicago for Patrick Kane. Don't you've got, do that to Marshmallow. You've got what? two people that that are. One is just absolutely insanely trying to win a Stanley Cup, and the other one's trying to burn everything down, and they want to unload assets. Hmm. There's your chaos agent. Uh, and then Chicago immediately flips them next year. And Chicago, well, Chicago does the Marc-Andre Fleury thing, right? 
where they let him ride for a little bit, and then as it gets closer to the trade deadline, they find a dance partner. Maybe maybe Florida jumps back in and says, we kind of want him back. We made a boo-boo. Florida or Tampa. Oh, God, if Tampa got him. <laughs> Tampa had him at one point. Yeah, that's true. Then they decided, no, nah, we're good. And then, and then some reason... So many players that Tampa lets go ends up back in Tampa. <laughs> well, for one, I feel like, you know, Zach Bogosian, he had a bunch of blue and white stuff, and he just had to get out of Toronto. It That's just made too much sense. Yeah. So it's not just where your stuff is, but the color of your stuff that matters. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes. Bring it, bring it back full circle. I mean... Isaac Howard, the color of his shirt, color of his suit. Could have gone to Toronto or Tampa, or technically the Rangers. And this is why an NHL club needs to incorporate purple, because once you have it, you can never leave. <laughs> Bring it back, LA Kings. Bring it back. No, no. that wasn't purple, Cassie. That was not purple. I'm going that to was camp. forum blue. Thank you. I if I have to mansplain to you again that that was forum blue. Yeah. Why purple. do you think I keep calling it purple? Patrick? I know. <laughs> because you, po- you you poke the mail. Um, yeah. The 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 coyotes kachina has purple in it. All purple all the time. Yeah, I know. We need pink too. We need some pink. Oh, they do that for the women's jerseys, Cassie. No, no, we need men wearing pink on the ice. Oh. It, it looks good on, on TV. It really does. No, it does. We we need the Seattle Sakuras, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Chinese New Year. Of course, that's usually yellow and or gold and red. That was but... the one with the, the Japanese cherry blossoms, Cassie, Sakuras. No, I know. I, know. I knew you knew. I'm... But I had still had a man. But Chinese New Year also applies to most of East Asia. East Asia, although they call it different, you know, their own country's New Year. So never mind. I think they need to introduce the fifth jerseys for towns that are the actual mottos. Uh, Like the NBA has like (laughs) stuff like the city and like Winnipeg could have no one wants to come play here. And (laughs) parkless. (laughs) We have nice museums. Um, (laughs) No Wi-Fi. Parkless, no Wi-Fi. <laughs> the, uh, so I, how would Lou get out of doing this? By just saying he's not doing it? Cause it's, yeah, I mean, you know, that's what he's been doing all offseason. He's not doing it. So, I mean, you know. I, I, um, <laughs> to, to go along with the conspiracy theory, I'm really hoping right now that that Nazim that Kadri is signed with the Islanders and Lou's just not going to announce it until he <laughs> wants to, you know, some sometime like in September or something. Oh yeah, by the way, training uh, camp. Training camp. What the hell is Kadri doing here? Oh, we signed him back in July. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they if anyone could ever pull that off, it's Lou, where he oh. just Kadri just comes out for warmups on opening night. <laughs> for the Islanders, it would just be perfect. Oh, we signed him way the hell back in July. What? <laughs> he didn't say anything? <laughs> Nobody said anything? He kind of did that. He did two signings like two years ago where he, where he basically they weren't announced until 
like August or something. Yeah, the the lockbox Lou is just oh my god. He he'd tell the league he wasn't gonna do the whole city thing. And do they pay tribute to John's panel with the whole city thing? I don't know. So did they put green trees on on the ice for the Evergreen State for the Kraken and just you know like they had done on the basketball court? No, they they'd play to the whole Emerald City thing. Mm. Emerald ice, green ice. Oh my god. I mean, if it's colored, I can't complain too much. Not being the local. The color of the lines would have to change. Red green colorblind people wouldn't be able to see. I mean, they'd guess, but you know. Oh no! What will we do? Oh no! <laughs> what's what's the line just to the left or right of the one in the middle? <laughs> Does it really need it, to be blue? <laughs> is is there any like technology that could make the puck more visible on TV? I mean, that would that might do it. You could change the color of the puck. I mean, it doesn't have to be black. <laughs> you could even add like a tail to it. And and maybe sound effects too. <sighs> no, 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 that that's too extreme. Let's just move the camera. Mm. Hey, um, the the pucks that we're using at the uh, um, fountain during the All Star game, where for some inane reason before they shot the puck, the players had to whack the 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 puck to get it to get the lights on. I want to see light up pucks. So you have to hit the puck first before you actually shoot it in. So if it yeah. goes in and it's not lit, it doesn't count. Correct. <laughs> Can it admit a white light that we can't pick up on from the human eye, but the camera lens does? So we'll point the JWST to pick up the infrared light coming off uh-huh. the mm-hmm. but, So what, what country does this technology have to come from that we have to wait four years to get it? Japan. Well, it come from Canada, but it's outsourced to Japan. I want the silly Billy jelly deli to <laughs> to fall. That is a quintessential JulyNHL.com article. <laughs> Infrared puck cracking. Oh my god! That with the I can see somebody doing a paper on the um, the the gases and how they react when the puck is shot at certain speeds mm. based on the infrared data that they have received from, from the JWST. <laughs> oh, I, and it's I, mainly because NHL.com d- just doesn't want to ask, so who's the Ottawa Senators bumping from the playoffs in the Eastern Conference next year? Oh, boy, howdy. If there's any, you know, you look. I hate to bring them up again, but you look at, you know, what happened to Chicago after Bill Wirtz passed. And what's happening in Ottawa after Eugene Milne passed? There's mm-hmm. kind of some parallels. Outside apparently, of... they, apparently, they let go of the right Pierre and kept the the one that knows <laughs> how to manage hockey. The one once they took the shackles off of him, actually went out and did stuff. See, one thing most fans don't realize is these guys had bosses, and they have to do kind of do what their bosses tell them to do. Well, when you have a good boss, you can do good things, and. Sometimes, uh, you know, your boss hires an extra Pierre. For reasons. Passing understanding. 
passing logic. And what did Pierre even? What did Pierre two even do? He probably yeah, I... just told uh, Pierre one what city uh, from Canada the player was from. Mm -hmm. uh, but he would is... just kept constantly say Red Deer and Kamloops, and that's that's it. And that he... they, that they went to Shattuck St. Mary. Is that where Tram Travis Hamannick went to school? Is that why they acquired him? That deal, wow, really doesn't, still doesn't hold up. You know, oh, beyond no. the fact that that I want to see them make the playoffs, aren't they going to be fun to watch too? Yes, because of the style they're going to play with these. I players? mean, they were fun last year. They just ran out of steam at a certain point. Like of all the Eastern Conference non-playoff teams, they had the second. <clears throat> Best goal differential. Defense wasn't their issue. It was always scoring. Now they had a little more finish and a little more steady goal time. Well, you know, a little. Aging curves and all. I'm not aging curves on Alex DeBrincat. That, well, that, I'm just, that, I'm just that, trying to temper expectations on Drew. I don't. <laughs> Drew's second line. Drew's middle six at this point, and I think he's fine with that. You got Stutzla, who's had a year under him, a good year under him, and now you throw out there Kachuk and Debrink. Yeah, they're they're going to be a little bit of an offensive wagon. Look, Josh Norris is going to earn that nice extension that he got. We get it. Hey, we Batherson is underrated at whatever he makes five. He. He drives under five, yeah. Um, and do you remember two years ago how we just kept talking about this kid, Matthew Joseph, uh, on the Lightning? Oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Oh, dear God, yes. Huh. Oh, dear God, yes. I forgot about that, too. Yeah, they're going to be a bit of a wagon. They they need nine, 9.05, 9.07 goaltending, and they're going to be a they're going to be fun. Okay. I, Pierre, if you're listening. <laughs> Which Pierre? Pierre one or two? The oh, the one, one that's employed. <laughs> um, don't play Jake Sanderson before you have to. Yes. Let him fully recover from injury. Mm-hmm. Let him recover, please, and thank you. 100%. I also think, like, we should request the NHL to have them play against um, Minnesota at least 10 times so we can see how angry Cam Talbot looks against. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of want to see Minnesota make the playoffs. Don't do that to them. No, they'd still make uh, the playoffs. Will they? Yeah. They've got uh, Chicago in their division. Oh, okay. <laughs> They well, when Chicago inevitably implodes, Ottawa can pick up those dates. Everyone's happy, except for yeah, Flower. I, I want to hear visa status before I say Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I didn't want to go there, but I I was thinking that that is terrifying, and no one seems to know anything, which makes yeah. it more terrifying. Mm -hmm. The uh, yeah that yeah the the lack of information and lack of knowledge even at at some of the teams level is a bit 
is not a bit. It's quite terrifying. And we're not talking about any reporter. We're talking about like Russo, who is really dialed in. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. One of those people that the the complete antithesis of Steve Simmons, you know, somebody who just doesn't make crap up to fit a narrative. This is a guy who's trustworthy and that when he releases something, he has got not just a source, but he's got cor- generally corroboration um, either off axis or from, you know, that source definitive um, information from that source, not just a, hey, we might be doing this. So, yeah, that's that whole situation with all of those players um, is quite frightening. Yeah, wasn't it, was it just me or did it seem like there were a lot of pro- Russian prospects who were signing with the NHL like this spring and during playoffs and stuff? Because it, it, it seemed like Whenever I was on Twitter, there was another Russian name that had just signed with a team, someone who had been drafted or or however that played out. Um, but, I mean, of course, you know, that's one aspect. The, the second one is how did they get out of the country? <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> yeah, you know, the next Alexander McGillney may be there, right? Right. What do you want to bet? Right. This is the thing that, like, gets McGillney into the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> is them finally recognizing what the hell he had to go through. Yeah. Instead of just brushing it off as, oh, well, you know, the country fell apart, you know, Soviet Union fell apart three years later. So it's not like what he did was actually a big deal. It's like, yeah, yeah, it was actually. <laughs> and they and they still, you know, and they still deify, you know, the, the Fedorov, you know, defection at the Goodwill Games. Mm-hmm. Heck, even Malkin had to do a bit of this. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. God, those kids. Didn't sign up for any of this. I've always wanted to do this on this podcast. Live update. Toronto (laughs) has extended Pierre Engvall on a one-year contract for 2.25 AAV. Way to make it about the Leafs. Well. (laughs) Come on. I, I signed my contract as a hockey fan. I have to talk about the Leafs at least 10% of the time. No, 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 you don't have to. No. That's you, why. You do, Cassie, because as we've established, it is such an underserved media market that they need help from all the rest of us to make sure that important stories about their franchise get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Now, in fairness, this was a arbitration eligible RFA. So they avoided less than two minutes before the deadline. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of one of those you kind of could see coming down the road that they were that they'd find a way not to go to ARB with them. I mean, this has been. A generally a really good offseason for the NHL. Like you have to give like A plus grades to Ottawa and Carolina and markets like Chicago and Philadelphia are really struggling. So great for the NHL. <laughs> also great also great for hockey fans in general who love to watch fans of certain teams be miserable. Um and this doesn't even get into Mike Greer. Yay. 
you know, it, it only took us how many more years than than some other sports leagues, but you you people are like, oh, great, another former player. Yeah, but look at the lineage he has off the ice and the education he has off the ice and what his family has accomplished in sports business off the ice. He is not coming into this with one hand tied behind his back and, you know, blindfolded. He's got experience, and I love that he has basically eviscerated to a certain degree the 20-year stagnation of Doug Wilson in clearing house of some people that have that have been hanging on for far too long. You know, I, I know everyone said the Jack Campbell thing was the most reported on secret. I think the Doug Wilson Jr. firing might have been the second on that list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, anybody that didn't see that train coming was obviously turned the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I would be so interested to be a fly on the wall at the Greer family dinner to listen to him and his brother share GM stories from different leagues. Yeah. Um, and he started down the right path. I, I will tell you, I went to a few Sharks games last year living here in the Bay Area, and it was kind of shocking to go into the Shark Tank and see it that empty. Yeah. I mean, it was, they had some of the lowest attendance, you know, barring some of the teams that always struggle uh, in the league this year. And that's a, they've never struggled pulling people uh, to games. And I don't think you can purely blame COVID restrictions on that either. Um I I think for a first move, what he did with Burns, that's a plus for him. He needs yeah. to start unwinding this. And and I'll I'll say good on Burns for waving his no move to go to Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, that that shows the level of maturity in him that says, okay, yeah, you know, I kind of don't want to be here anymore. Um, if you've got a good deal for me, wink wink nudge nudge, um, or you need to move me, I'll. I'll go to Carolina, you know. I'll go I'll go replace the POS. That was the right side defenseman who didn't play defense and just scored a lot because Brent Burns is boy, that's his trademark. <laughs> Can he also be a power play coach, please and thank you? <laughs> um yeah, probably. He's gonna he is gonna be way more of an X factor on the power play than that other guy was. I'll guarantee you that. Because unless unless Brendamore challenges him to like an arm wrestling match and says, you know, if I lose, um, you can do whatever you want on the power play. If I win, you do what I say. Unless, you know, Fred Burns is caged by someone and leashed, um he's he tends to be a chaos factor. On the power play, which I think is what Carolina needs. They do. And as long as they struggle early and work through their issues, they'll be better off. Because Carolina, depending upon what they do, it's going to come down to the construction or composition of their roster. Do they have the right mix of players or are they utilizing them well? I've argued for the past two years, they haven't used the players that they have well enough and in the right way. And they, you know... Everything goes great for the first half season. 
but there are signs clear as day to anyone that watches, you know, a single team 50, 60 times a season. You, you can pick up on little things, whether you consider yourself an expert or not. Carolina has had that continuously. If they struggle and work through those things and something gets better over the course of the year instead of starts out hot and then just falters, maybe they can get over their hump just the same way that Colorado did. Or they run into the buzzsaw that is the new Detroit Red Wings, to be determined. Detroit. I'm just, well, the political discourse is there, and I can sense the reason why they just couldn't hire Sergei Fedorov as head coach, because that's what I wanted, and it's disappointing. God, I still want to know what happened between he and Iserman. <laughs> you know, I I finally watched that documentary. I kind of suspect they'll retire Claude Lemieux in Detroit before they retire Fedorov. <laughs> well, no, as soon as the huh. franchise is sold, I think, and I don't think it will ever be sold. I I know why the Illich family is mad at him for that for that whole thing. I don't get why he and Eisenman had issues while he was there. That is the D.B. Cooper ask, and I, and I watched the documentary on D.B. Cooper on Netflix, which is why I've brought him up twice. Um, that, is, that is still, you know, still there for me, is there's always been that air of, of the two of them just did not get along. And I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, the whole injury thing, you know, him not wanting to play through the the bruised ribs or whatever it was. There was something else there. Probably clash in, like, just personalities. I could see them being wildly different personalities. <laughs> oh, yeah. A playboy and a Canadian, right? It. At some point, this will be corrected, just like Mo Gilney will be in the Hall of Fame will be corrected, just like we're seeing the corrections in front office departments with recent hirings. We're on a path of progress. Um, yes. Speaking of, I like turn on ESPN and I'm watching NBA G League. So my question for all of you, if we had an NHL G League, a true developmental league um, in the in the off season, where would you like to see it play? This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.